to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. How was your day? Are you up? You know what I discovered this morning? That I have no coffee. Like, I actually have no coffee to make. That's not a good deal. I'm just going to say that out loud. Now I'm forced to drink, uh, I think I have black tea and Earl Grey mixed together. That hasn't happened in a long time. So let's probably get through the show, but we do have a great show for you. Um, It's kind of like a win-win-win for everybody today. Because we have uh, Father David Guffey on from the Congregation of the Holy Cross and Family Theater Productions. You might recall the movie Pray, the story of Patrick Payton came out at the end of last year. Well, today, not only are we going to discuss the life uh, and the film of Pray and uh, Father Patrick Payton, but we're also going to be able to give away copies of the film for free to you, our incredible listeners. All you need to do to be in on that giveaway is to be on our email list, which you can find at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We will uh, send an email out later today with the instructions, and you'll be able to uh, participate. First five people to follow those instructions will get free copies of the film. Kind of a cool deal. So Father David Guffey will be our guest today uh, about the film Pray, the story of Patrick Payton. Look forward to that. Plus, we'll have breaking news and stories with uh, uh, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. I saw the Pray movie, and it was so beautiful. It was really moving. Yeah, praise be to God. We, I personally like to think of uh, Fulton Sheen all the time, but you know, we sometimes forget, or at least I, I guess I have to personally admit that I sometimes forget about the incredible life and work of Father Patrick Payton. And uh, we, as a family, we do pray uh, a rosary every night, and uh, some nights we actually watch YouTube videos. If, last night we did a, a video with Father Patrick Payton. It was a lot of fun, so uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation today. I think Adrian also saw the film. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, yes. Uh, actually, me and Emily both saw it uh, at the same place, same time, uh, a group of us from church. Uh, went to uh, to the, so go see it at the theaters. So it was really yeah, nice. Yeah, Father Payton is so unknown and so underrated. He yeah. really, he did so much. Yeah, praise be to God. So it's going to be a great conversation. I Hopefully, maybe some people will learn something about Father Payton that they did not know before. So uh, that is coming up in our show today. Plus, we'll have uh, the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, the What's Concerning Us section. There's several stories there, but I'm pretty sure it's all Good News Thursday for Emily's uh, breaking news stories, right? Um, no. <laughs> no? No? Still not, Sorry. Still not all good news. Hate to break it to you, but not, not today. <laughs> Break, breaking news. There's bad news in the news. Uh, that's fun. All right. Plus, the game show it was is huge this week. In fact, our caller yesterday, uh, he was on the line like super early. He called in way early because he wanted to make sure <laughs> that he had his opportunity to win the $200 uh, book set of uh, Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich published by Tan. So if you would like to participate in our game show, well, you have to stick around for the next hour if you're able to. If you're not, we understand. But if you are, you can always join us on uh, on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter as well. We're also streaming live to uh, Facebook.com, The Station of the Cross as well. So we would love to have you. All right, let's begin with prayer and jump right into it. We're taking your intentions uh, and uh, including them with our own intentions intentions here at the team and the show for our equipment, for our broadcast, our radio apostolates, 
at the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network. And we're asking Our Lady to pray and intercede for all of us uh, by whispering those into the ear of her Son, that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Emily Alcrez. The Department of Education has reversed its previous opposition to Connecticut's policy of allowing biological males to play girl sports. In 2017, the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference began allowing student-athletes to participate in sports based on their gender identity. Three female track athletes filed a complaint with the Education Department Civil Rights Office and sued over the policy, alleging that it discriminated against them. In response, the agency last year sided with the girls that the state policy violated Title IX, but it has now withdrawn that stance under the new Biden administration, once again allowing biological males to compete against girls. In Connecticut, two biological males identifying as transgender females have won 15 state championships in women's track events. One of them broke 10 state records previously held by 10 different female athletes. On Tuesday, Javier Becerra, California's Attorney General and President Biden's nominee for HHS Secretary, was grilled on the topic of abortion at his first Senate confirmation hearing. While a congressman, Becerra voted against a partial birth abortion ban and also opposed a bill that criminalized the killing of an unborn child resulting from an assault on the mother. As Attorney General of California, he repeatedly defended the state's most radical pro-abortion laws while also prosecuting pro-life activists. He also led other state attorneys general in fighting state abortion restrictions in court, as well as continuing Kamala Harris's prosecution of pro-life activist David Daleiden. And he also defended the state's 2014 mandate, which forced Catholic nuns, the missionary Guadalupanas of the Holy Spirit, to provide abortion coverage to their employees. A priest in Brazil has been removed after attempting to concelebrate Mass with a Protestant minister. Father Jose Carlos Pedrini, a member of the Missionaries of St. Charles Borromeo, was removed as pastor by his local bishop and his superior. A video of the Mass shows Francisco Leite, a minister of the United Presbyterian Church of Brazil, reading a section of the Eucharistic prayer and receiving communion on Ash Wednesday. The Catholic Code of Canon Law states that the minister who is able to confect the sacrament of the Eucharist in the person of Christ is a validly ordained priest alone, and that priests are forbidden to concelebrate the Eucharist with priests or ministers of churches or ecclesial communities which do not have full communion with the Catholic Church. And a video of a priest bursting into tears during Mass recently went viral on social media. In the video, the priest, whose name and parish remain unknown, expressed his concern over the irreverence shown for Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. In the video, the priest says through tears, Christ is alive, he is among us, and it hurts a lot, not only when one does not receive communion, because it is a very great pain for him, but when one receives and is unaware of who he receives. 
From this moment in our parish, it is only possible to receive communion in the mouth and on the knees. It cannot be otherwise. The Catholic Church teaches that the whole Christ is truly, really, and substantially contained in every particle of the Eucharist. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. St. Toribio Romo Gonzalez, pray for us, born in uh, 1900, April 16, 1900, in Santa Ana de Guadalupe, Nalasco, Mexico. He was ordained at the age of 21, so young, in fact, that he had to have a dispensation from the Vatican in order to be ordained. This was the prayer he said at his ordination mass. Lord, do not leave me nor permit me a day of my life that it pass without my saying the Mass, without receiving your embrace in communion. He was a parish priest in Tequila, also a parish priest in Agua Caliente. He was known for his great and incredible love for the Holy Eucharist. However, it was the time of the Cristeros. You see, the uh, Plutarco Caius, the president of, of Mexico at the time, really ramped up the anti-clerical laws that were... Uh, a part of the, the situation there in Mexico at the time. And he was uh, murdered in his, uh, re- in his rectory early in the morning, 5 a.m. Saturday, February the 25th, 1928. He was shot in the back, as a matter of fact. It's a very tragic situation. There were so many martyrs of the Cristeros War, and too few are known. And so today we remember St. Toribio Romo Gonzalez, May he pray for us. He was canonized on the 21st of May, 2000, by Pope St. John Paul II. And the gospel today comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asked for a fish? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. You know one of the first things that stood out to me in this Gospel today? It was who Jesus was speaking to. This is something that I, like, I learned. I remember when the light bulb went off on this particular point years ago. And I started to look at Scripture uh, through, through a Catholic set of lenses, through my Catholic eyes. And I started to ask the question, who is Jesus speaking to? Because I just assumed when I used to read the Bible back in the day uh, that I would that it all pertained to me personally, like it, it primarily and immediately. It, it was just me and the Lord, and it was just all about me and and how I took this. And and then I stopped and I started to uh, study Scripture. And when I started to study and I learned, you you have to ask these these details. And who is Jesus speaking to? Because that changes the sort of the perspective, and you become a fly on the wall versus the primary uh, receiver of the message. And here Jesus is speaking to his disciples. That's the very first line. Jesus said to his disciples. Why is that important? Well, there's something here for all of us to take away. Let's be sure. Scripture's like an onion. There's many layers. But primarily, he's speaking to his disciples. 
And what is the mission of the disciples? To go forth and make disciples of all nations. To go to the four corners of the earth. To seek the salvation of the lost. So what is it they're supposed to be asking for? I think that's powerful. We should meditate on that for a moment. If you fast forward to John chapter 14, verse 15, there in the upper room, Jesus tells his disciples that he asks the Father to send another counselor, to send the paraclete, to send the Holy Ghost. This is the model that Jesus gives to his disciples, to ask what is the best for us. That is for our salvation. And he says here to his disciples, I'm giving you this power, this mission to go forth, to preach the whole world for the salvation of souls. Ask whatever you need. Ask for it. The Father will give it to you. But I think sometimes we, we, we twist these things. And I'm speaking for myself here. I can't speak for you, but I can't speak for me. I have, tw- I have tweaked this in my own mind so many times, asking the Father for things that probably aren't always good for me. So that begs the question, even when it applies to us personally, what should we be asking for? If the disciples should be asking for the Holy Ghost, for the conversion of sinners, for faith, for faith in this world. Listening to that article that Emily uh, mentioned about the priest, you know, saying mass with a Protestant, like this person needs faith and his bishop recognizes that. He's begging probably God to give this man faith, faith in the faith that God, that Christ communicated in the faith that the apostles teach to, uh, to the world. This is an opportunity for you and me to ask for the good things, not the things that we necessarily want, like winning the Powerball, for instance, but for the things that will help us to achieve heaven, to achieve intimacy forever with the Lord, for the greater things that help us to grow in grace and, and sustain and live in a state of grace. These are the things we should be asking for. This Lent, maybe we have an opportunity now to persevere in our prayers, to come and beg God for those good things. And let us pray and ask that our bishops and priests also ask for the things that Christ has given them power to ask for, for the conversion of the whole world. Emily, Adrian? Uh, well, we have about thir- about a minute or maybe 45 seconds. So I'm just going to summarize and say, uh, whenever our Lord refers to ask, seek, and uh, knock, According to Augustine and Chris Austin, he says that these refer to praying faithfully, praying diligently, praying ardently, and praying perseveringly. Uh, so I think that's important to note, and uh, maybe we could talk about it more later. All right, so much more. We can always discuss these in the after show. We hope you'll join us there. But don't forget, we're giving away copies of the Patrick Payton uh, film, Pray, the story of Patrick Payton. All you have to do is be in our email list to get in on that drawing. We have five copies to give away, and you can do that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But uh, we'll have the What's Concerning Us section coming up just after this break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. A popular objection to Jesus' resurrection is that it's merely a ripoff of pagan myths about resurrected deities. Should this be a cause of alarm? I don't think so, for a couple of reasons. First, Christians couldn't have copied from pagan myths because the idea of resurrection as a new embodied life after death was foreign to the pagan worldview. Recall how the Athenians scoffed at Paul's preaching on the resurrection in Acts 17. Second, the majority of the alleged parallels are bogus. The deities never really rise from the dead. The spirit of the Greek god Attis entered into a pine tree after his death, and the Egyptian god Osiris merely reigned as king of the underworld. So to my Christian friends, no need to fret. 
Our belief in Jesus' resurrection didn't come from pagan myths. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Jesus Christ. Welcome back. we got a drive time keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Father David Guffey, Congregation of the Holy Cross and Family Theater Productions will be our guest in the guest segment coming up 17 minutes or so from now. We're going to talk about the uh, the film Pray, the story of Patrick Payton. Uh, Father Patrick Payton, the, you know, you might, re- you probably have heard this. The family that prays together stays together. Like that was his... That was the summation of his mission, and uh, we'll have a great conversation getting to know him a little bit, and then talking about the film that just came out at the end of the year. All that's coming up in the guest segment, so stick around for that. And as I said before the break, we are giving away copies of that film, five copies they're going to let us give away to you, our listener, but uh, we thought to make it the most fair to give everybody a shot at it, uh, you have to be on the email list. We're going to send instructions in an email later today. You can find that uh, email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or you can pull out your cell phone and you can join it right now by texting the number, f- go, uh, let me start over, text the letters GRN to the number 42828. So text the letters GRN to the number 4. 2828 and then you can get on the email list and you'll get way more than just the chance to win these uh, the film as well so uh, look forward to that but uh, in the what's concerning us section I've got several stories that I wanted to mention I know Emily does too so let me just mention one real quick and then I'll throw it over to Emily this one uh, comes from uh, humanevents.com not a site I spend much time on but I was concerned because of uh, the headline that caught my attention says Biden cancels Trump's Operation Talon a program that targeted sex offenders living in the U.S. illegally. That caught my attention. Um, this human trafficking is something that uh, always makes me cringe, and it's a topic that I want to cover in greater detail. In fact, I tried yesterday again to reach out to Tim Ballard, uh, who is uh, a man, a real hero, saving many, many children around the planet from the, the plight of human trafficking. I'm trying to get him on. I'm trying to get some others on as well. He helped, uh, There was a film made about his life uh, last year. I think it was delayed in its release because of the pandemic, but Jim Caviezel played him in the, in the film. So I'm trying to get some interviews lined up on this topic because it is such a tragedy. It, it, it's a multi-billion dollar industry now around the world, uh, the, the trafficking of human beings, uh, sex slave and otherwise, and it, we should really pay attention. So when this article came out, uh, when I saw this headline, it really caught my attention. Biden cancels Trump's Operation Talent program that targeted sex offenders living in the U.S. illegally, published on humanevents.com. I'll read just a couple of paragraphs here. It says, quote, the letter directed to President Joe Biden, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Acting Director of ICE, uh, Tay Johnson, pointed out the problems with this cancellation. Uh, 
the attorneys general argued, and there was, I think, 18 attorney generals that joined them in asking President Joe Biden to not cancel the program, to reverse the cancellation, to keep the program in place. It says, quote, the United States population of illegal immigrants includes disturbingly large numbers of criminals with prior convictions for sexual crimes. The letter reads, According to data collected by Syracuse University's Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, during the period from October 2014 to May 2018, ICE arrested 19,572 illegal aliens with criminal convictions for whom the most serious prior conviction was a conviction for a sex-related offense. Um, It's a very disturbing story. Why would we cancel this program? I mean, to undo everything Trump did just because you don't like Trump, is that, uh, is that logical? Is that reasonable? Is that a way of going about deciding what is the good programs and what isn't? Um, and surely 18 attorney generals plus the Homeland Security Director and the acting ICE Director all say, no, you should keep this program. It's good for America and for the children that will be abused. So uh, I will post links to the article so that you can read it for in more detail for yourself. Emily? Yes. So for me, the, I just wanted to expand on a couple of the headlines from the first segment. Also, LifeSite put out this great article called um, Five Things to Know About the Anti-Family Equality Act, which is which is great. Um, just if I can list the five things. One, the Equality Act, which is going to be passed, would force Catholic institutions to hire um, female priests. It could face uh, it could try to force the church to ordain women. Wow. Um, it would force Catholic doctors to perform um, all kinds of procedures that go against their conscience, such as transgender surgeries and abortions. Um, that's the second thing. The third thing, um, it's going to, and we actually see this happening right now with the the act in Connecticut that was reversed. So um, now biological males who identify as transgender girls are once again allowed to compete against girls in Connecticut which is absurd. Like you saw here in the yeah. headlines, one of these transgender athletes broke 10 state records, which had previously been held by 10 different female athletes. Wow. Um, and actually, insane. and I've, I've read other articles and I've seen other sources that say if these transgender athletes were competing against uh, males, uh, other males, other biological males, they would be mediocre at best. So here they're dominating female sports, girl sports, um, in, in even though in their own biological section they would have been not that great. Yeah, the crazy thing about that is, in re- if you look at the MMA field, they've uh, allowed a couple wi- uh, men who are identify as women to compete in MMA, and they have broken the skulls of some of the women, broken their jaws. Uh, it's crazy. It, the The strength difference is just absurd. Uh, so. Yeah, this is incredibly concerning, especially for contact sports. It, in the, at least in the track and field, they're taking away scholarships, taking away, but they're not harming these people physically. In these contact sports, these women are being harmed. Yeah. Are being yeah. physically harmed. And yeah, it's, it's not charitable. Absolutely not. And of course, the, the other female athletes who are competing in high schools are now being deprived of their scholarships and things that they've trained their entire lives, entire lives for. Yeah. 
the uh, the quote unquote woke culture is just out of control. Is now anti women. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to book uh, Matt Walsh from uh, the Daily Wire. He's to, had a lot to say on this. <laughs> to come on yeah. and talk about the woke culture. We're trying to get him on the schedule. We'll see what happens though. But boy, it's just so troubling to see these stories. This is another one out of LifeSite News. German bishop. Church disrespects same-sex attracted Catholics by asking them to live chastely. So, uh, the, the you know the deal here is if if we ask people who have uh, who have a, an orientation or a, a, a sexual appetite other than the traditional version, then it's not charity. That's I mean, but the, the reality is the way the church teaches is sex is reserved for a man and a woman in sacramental marriage. Beyond that. In any combination you can consider is inherently disordered. And that's the church's teaching. And why does it teach that? Because it wants to be mean and rude to people? No. No, not at all. Because it's not charitable to, to uh, have people uh, commit these sins and to persist and live in those sins because it's not good for their soul. It's not good for them and their, their physical, mental, emotional state. It's not good for their relationships. And it's not good for society. And it leads people away from God instead of closer to God. And the most charitable thing we could do is to lead people to Christ. So when I read this article out of LifeSite, uh, published uh, by Pete uh, Balasensky, no, Bakalensky, forgive me. It says, a German bishop has suggested that the church disrespects Catholics with homosexual inclinations by asking them to live chastely. How could a bishop of the church think this way? That's my question. How is this possible that you don't understand what the church intends uh, when asking people, all people, not some people, not the ones with same-sex attractions only, but heterosexuals as well, all human persons on planet Earth to live chastely? Why is that uncharitable? Why is that bad? That's it. He says, "Quote as to do as to the demand for chastity." This is the bishop speaking. What does it mean from the perspective of people who experience homosexual inclinations? I think that few of them would consider this demand as tactful and respectful, because as the Catechism also knows, this inclination is not self-selected. Wrote Bishop Peter. Uh, Kolgraf of Mans in February, in the February 3rd column of his Dossison newspaper. Um, and then it goes on to say this. I'll, we'll post the link so you can read it in full detail for yourself. I don't want to sit here and read every word. It just bore you to death. But he goes on to say the pro-LGBT British Royal College of Psychiatrists admitted in a 2014 position paper that same-sex attraction is not something one is born with, but is determined by a number of factors, including um, postnatal environmental factors, which means what happens to the child right after birth. Uh, psychologi psychologists have pointed out that childhood trauma especially in the area of child-parent relationship, is a key factor in the development of same-sex attraction. What's the point? But Bishop, if they're not born this way, and the factors have led them to where they are now, is it charitable to, uh, to endorse uh, a sinful behavior? How is that charity? And why, are we, why would we suggest that we should change the church's teaching on the matter just to make people... Uh, you know, feel like they're entitled to have sexual relations one way or the other. It seems insane to me. And I, 
Are we out of time? Can I name more, one more thing? Yeah, you got it. So um, we've been seeing a lot recently of politicians in government now, very powerful politicians, who are calling themselves Catholic and doing everything against the Catholic faith. Of course, we see President Biden, who supports the Equality Act, Nancy Pelosi, people who really support some radical anti-Catholic laws. Here is another one, Javier Becerra, who is President Joe Biden's nominee for Secretary of Health and Human Services. So as we saw, he got grilled um, on abortion he in in response to these questions, people were asking him, "Do you support abortion, partial birth abortion, abortion for um, Down syndrome babies, that sort of thing?" In response to this, um, he simply said, "I'm Catholic. My my mother blessed. She gave me a blessing before my mother plays the 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 rosary. She blessed me before I came here today." And so now we have another radically pro-abortion Catholic in government, and they even asked him. They said, "Okay, any law." Any law, pro-life, that any law that would give any sort of leeway to pro-life activists, would you support anything at all that pro-life people stand up for? And he refused to answer the question. Wow. So, and he's really extremely radical. These are very interesting times. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, speaking of woke, in a new woke curriculum, uh, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, New York schools teach students all white people perpetuate systematic racism and much more. Uh, I won't have t- time to really go through this article either, but again, we post the links to them. But according to a whistleblower within the school system, during a training session to instruct teachers about the new curriculum, uh, the person explained that America is, quote, built on racism, unquote, and that all Americans have, in quote, implicit racial bias, unquote. She further argued that due to, quote, American sickness, unquote, whites are led to believe that blacks are, quote, not human, unquote, making it, quote, easier un- to shoot someone in the back seven times if you feel like it, unquote. Um, the really crazy thing about that statement is that it implies that everyone is guilty of the crime and that's sad let's pray for greater charity for all of us for our neighbors and for ourselves as well and let's pray uh that god enlighten our minds let's ask the lord today on this gospel where we ask and we shall receive let's ask for an enlightenment of the heart the mind and the soul and for the salvation of us all but uh we're going to go to a break we're going to come back with more breaking news and stories with emily and then our guest segment father david guffey about patrick payton all that coming up next don't go anywhere This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the church criticized for defending celibacy? What about for defending marriage? Have you ever heard it accused of showing contempt for women, but also sneered at because only women go there? Have you ever heard it attacked for asceticism, but also for extravagance? How about for being dull? How about for being too garish? How about for being too worldly? or too unworldly, or insisting that people confess their sins, or showing too much mercy to sinners. Notice any contradiction among the critics? G.K. Chesterton says, here's a broad and simple test. If you hear a thing being accused of being too tall and too short, too red and too green, too bad in one way, and too bad also in the opposite way, then you may be sure that it is very good. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. It's a beautiful order, and not only is it beautiful, it's an order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see 
maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Thursday, February 25th, and these are your headlines for today. A new film about Roe v. Wade is set to premiere this Friday at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Orlando, an event at which former President Trump will also be speaking. The plot of the new film is told from the viewpoint of Dr. Bernard Nathanson, a former prolific abortionist and co-founder of NARAL, the National Abortion Rights Action League. Dr. Nathanson later became a stalwart in the pro-life movement, and his conversion is portrayed in the film. The film stars Academy Award winner John Voight as Supreme Court Chief Justice Warren E. Berger. Roe v. Wade originally premiered at the Vienna Independent Film Festival last year and is set to be released on Amazon and iTunes this April. All NBA arenas are now requiring fans to use a health pass before being allowed inside. The Health Pass app tracks information about the user's test history for COVID-19, as well as their vaccination status to prove a clean bill of health before being allowed to take their seats. Even stricter rules are in place for those who have purchased courtside tickets. And even with these pre-screening measures in place as people enter the arena, spectators are still required by Amway management to wear face masks of at least two layers, bandanas, Face coverings with vents and face coverings with only one layer of fabric are not acceptable. In England, a cardinal is calling for unambiguous legislation to fight hateful extremism following a report arguing that gaps in UK law allow extremists to operate with impunity. Cardinal Vincent Nichols, president of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of England and Wales, said this week that a rise in extremism, particularly on social media, is a matter of grave concern. The UK has suffered a series of Islamist terror attacks in recent years, including the Manchester Arena bombing, which claimed the lives of 22 people back in 2017. The Cardinal emphasized that legislation against extremism should also respect freedom of religion and freedom of speech, including the right to express opinions which run counter to a prevailing cultural consensus without embracing or proposing hate or violence. And hundreds of Australian Catholics gathered to make reparation outside a church in Sydney this week. An LGBTQ event was held directly in front of St. Mary's Cathedral on a large open forecourt owned by the city of Sydney. The event featured musical performances and lewd onstage acts. The Sydney Archbishop Anthony Fisher, OP, requested that the city stop using the image of the cathedral in their advertising, which was granted. In an online post, the Archbishop said, In this great season of Lent, we need to pray to ask the Lord that in our great and tolerant city of Sydney, that religious belief will be respected and protected and that we will all rediscover an appreciation for what is sacred. On the evening of the Heaps Gay Show, hundreds of Catholics led by traditional Catholic priests gathered on the steps of St. Mary's Cathedral to sing hymns and to pray the rosary on their knees. 
I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Uh, we are giving away, thanks to and courtesy of Family Theater Productions, five copies of the film Pray, the story of Patrick Payton. And to make it fair for everyone, we thought the best way to do it would be to, if you jumped on our email list, we'll send an email with instructions on what you need to do and the first five people to do that and let us know. We'll get copies digital copies, digital downloads of the film Pray, the story of Patrick Payton. So to jump on our email list to get that opportunity, just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt grnonline.com forward slash cdt or pull out your phone and text the letters grn to the number 42828 that's grn to the number 42828 and uh, we'll send an email later today with the instructions and we're going to look forward to giving away copies it's a great film but joining us right now to discuss this and the life of father patrick payton is the director of family theater productions uh father david guffey from the congregation of the holy cross good morning to you oh, hold on father hold that thought because i said i was going to play the, the the trailer first let's roll the trailer adrian and then we'll talk to father david today in san francisco's golden gate park father patrick payton through the largest crowd in the history of San Francisco. I'd like to speak to you about a remarkable man, Father Patrick Payton. Father Patrick Payton. Patrick Payton. Father Patrick Payton. Father Patrick Payton. I know a man who has dedicated his life to teaching others what prayer can do. People try to describe Father Payton, and it's almost like trying to carry water in your hands. It slides through. It was almost unbelievable. You'll be looking around, and all these people are here to listen to him. The energy level was like somebody who was superhuman reacted to his voice it surely was coming from god but first of all i'm for prayer family prayer the family that prays together stays together good morning to you father david guffey good morning thanks for having me on your show yeah, praise be to God. Uh, I think you're from uh, the California area, so it's probably uh, beautiful and sunny out there at this time of day. How's it looking right there, Father? Well, we have sunshine on the way, but it, it's uh, <laughs> still in the beautiful hours of morning right now. Praise be to God. Well, it's good. To, we're glad you got up early and were a part of the program today, especially to talk about the life of Father Patrick Payton. You know, I was saying at the beginning of our program, I personally am a big fan of uh, of, uh, of uh, Fulton Sheen. I love Fulton Sheen. I think of him often. And I, I just I just remembered like how little I think of Father Patrick Payton, who was also pretty amazing. So tell us about the the life of Father Patrick Payton. Father Pat Patrick Payton uh, grew up in Ireland uh, in a poor family. He was the sixth of nine children. Um, lived on a farm uh, when he barely made it through the eighth grade because there wasn't the opportunity. Uh, he and his brother Tom, when when Pat was about nineteen, immigrated to the United States thinking that they would become millionaires. Well, they got to the United States and it was pretty, life was pretty tough. Um, Tom got a job at a coal mine in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Pat uh, got a job as a, a janitor in a cathedral in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And he came deeply in contact with the Lord. Uh, when a group of Holy Cross priests came through, uh, he joined that religious order. That's the religious order I belong to. And he became a Holy Cross priest, finished high school, went to college, and then was on his way to becoming a priest in the seminary when he was stricken with tuberculosis. He, he nearly died, and he um, uh, 
uh, he was, they called in his family, told him to make peace with the world uh, on his deathbed. And a, a Holy Cross priest came in and said, Pat, I know you have a relationship with the Blessed Mother. Trust her. Turn to her. Pray to her. She'll be as good to you as you believe she'll be. Almost like the, the gospel today. See, knock and the door will be open. Well, he knocked that door to, on the, for the Blessed Mother and, and she took him to her son, Jesus Christ, and he was healed. He was so grateful he wanted to give his life to her, and he started a family prayer crusade. This is in 1941, uh, just knowing the stress his families were having, and he wanted every family to have what he had growing up, a family that prayed together, especially the rosary. He took that message to radio with the help of Bishop Fulton Sheen, by the way. Uh, Fulton Sheen was sort of a mentor to Father Peyton, and um, ended up having a national radio show in Hollywood each week from 1947 to 1968 at a radio show with big stars on every week radio plays people like Gregory Peck and Lucille Ball and Jack Benny and uh, Loretta Young just an uh, a whole lit master list of Hollywood stars from that era and then uh, that led to rallies around the world like huge stadium rallies that had hundreds of thousands of people. He filled Candlestick Park in New York City, 500,000 people in Golden Gate Park in, in San Francisco, a million people in Sao Paulo, uh, 1.2 million people in Manila, always with the wow. message that really was the tagline of our radio show, and that was the family that prays together stays together. That belief is what drove Father Peyton his entire life, and it's why we remember him today. That's amazing. Praise be to God. You know, as you were mentioning his radio show from 40, what'd you say, 41? And 47. 47. Well, th that was like a real Catholic time in Hollywood. Uh, you think, I think of, uh, Bing Crosby's, uh, films and, and there was a lot of Catholic themes and, and stories that were coming out. And it was, uh, a great time for, uh, for this content. Why do, is it because of Father Patrick Payton being so involved in this community that, help to fuel this uh, this Catholic environment there? I think he kind of rode the wave. I, it was a time when a lot of people were turning to faith. This would have been the World War II era, and people were praying for the, for the wars, and people recognized the stresses on families that, I mean, they were just experiencing a little of what we see, you know, exploding now, the, 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 all the different diversions and ways that families are, are taken apart by things outside the home. And star, there were a lot of Catholic stars that were really anxious to do things to support their church, to promote the faith. Bing Crosby was certainly one of them. In fact, the first radio show that Father Peyton did was with Bing Crosby, but it happened because Father Peyton went to the Mutual Broadcasting System, which was the second largest radio network at the time. And he um, said, uh, I want to do a radio show. And they said, okay, but you have to have a big star. You have to have this kind of music. You have this kind of... He said, well, who's the biggest star? And they said... Uh, Bing Crosby. And Father Payton said, all right. And he cold called Bing Crosby on Good Friday in 1945 and um, got Bing Crosby. And Bing Crosby agreed to do this show. So the first radio show was in, on May 13th, Fatima, um, 1945 on Mother's Day. And then uh, two years later, he got a network show and that was on from 47 to 68. 
That's, that's one of the things that really stuck out to me about Father Peyton is that for him it was go big or go home. Yeah. So. All right, we're going to hold that thought there. We have to take a very short break. Father David Guffey is our guest from the Congregation of Holy Cross and Director of Family Theater Productions talking about the life of Father Patrick Peyton, an amazing man. Uh, the family that st- uh, prays together stays together. Well, that He made that famous, and boy, is it stuck. We're going to be right back. We'll have more conversation, plus the movie. We're giving away the movie, but we're going to talk about that coming up right now. This is the Pope Paul VI Institute Minute with Dr. Tom Hilgers. During my OBGYN residency at the Mayo Clinic, I was committed to the pro-life movement and was very involved in it as an author and activist. When I graduated, I made the decision not to prescribe the birth control pill in my medical practice, yet I needed to give my patients a reliable means of family planning. I began to see natural methods of fertility regulation as an extension of the pro-life movement. So in 1976, with a small team of researchers at St. Louis University School of Medicine, I began an independent investigation of the cervical mucus observation and its correlation to fertility. From this, we were able to standardize the mucus observation and thus develop the Creighton Model Fertility Care System. Until next time, I'm Dr. Tom Hilgers. For a complimentary gift and more information on the Pope Paul VI Institute, log on to www.popepaulvi6.com. Hi, this is Dave Palmer inviting you to join me and Cecil Anderson each Friday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 o'clock Eastern Time for a new program here on the Guadalupe Radio Network called Back to the Father, which is based on the teachings of the angelic doctor St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa Theologia. Each week we talk about how a life focused on our final end is a life that is more joyful and more hopeful as we journey back to the Father. Please join us this Friday at 4 p.m. Central here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Father David Guffey is our guest. Father Patrick Payton is our conversation. And we're giving away five copies, or they are rather, I should say, uh, generously giving away five digital downloads of the film Pray, the story of Patrick Payton. To get in on that, uh, we thought it'd be fair for everyone. If you joined our email list, we'll send instructions later today. And the first five people to respond to that will uh, will be able to get a digital download free of charge, courtesy of Family Theater Productions. So you can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get on that email list. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Just scroll down, you'll see where you can sign up to the email list. Uh, Father David uh, Guffey, welcome back to the show. Good to be with you. So let's talk about the film. Uh, what I know uh, Family Theater Productions has been doing a lot of work. You personally have been involved in a lot of uh, short films and, and other types of projects. Tell us about that, and then tell us how you got uh, motivated to make a, a film particular to Father Patrick Payton. Sure. Family Theater Productions is the production company that was founded by Father Peyton. We continue his ministry of trying to use the media to draw people to Christ and to promote family prayer and to support families and their needs. I started working at Family Theater in 2008, and when I started working there, uh, we're in the same offices that Father Peyton worked out of when when he was in Hollywood. Wow! And uh, but in our we had a we had a film vault in the basement that was filled with records and audio tape and videotape and films of of every size and format. And I started to digitize that uh, to see what was there. And a lot of it was 
you know, one of the, you know, Father Peyton produced over a hundred shows. Most of them were translated into multiple languages. We did over a thousand radio shows. Um, but what was especially caught my interest was the, 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 the footage that we had of Father Peyton speaking. <clears throat> Father Pey- Peyton talking to families at rallies or just giving talks, and they were beautiful, and they seemed so contemporary. And, and the ways that they were calling families to pray together, it's a simple message, but to say when you pray together, you grow closer to God, you grow stronger to one another, and you grow stronger individually as people. Uh, it's it's such a formative and simple thing to do, and he gave his life to that. Well, we started put, to put that together, and that and then started to make the film. About the same time, Father Peyton's cause was moving through the Congregation for Saints in the Holy See, and um, he was declared venerable in 2018. So we thought, you know, what what better time to bring his message to the world again when the when the Holy Church is starting to recognize that this we may indeed have another saint on our hands. So that's we so we started to make the film. I hired a great producer, Megan Harrington, and the team that we put together. We're really proud of. How long did the project uh, take for you guys to put that together? Well, it took, you know, we, we were digitizing material for about five years, but um, the actual filmmaking, we shot it and edited it over the course of two years. And then we've, we, uh, we've, it's been about a year distributing it and getting it out to people. Uh, Father, so my friend David Everest on Facebook had a question for you. He said, uh, I wonder what Father's thoughts are on how fast the world has forgotten this great man, Father Payton. He went from bringing crowds of 500,000 or more to now many have never even heard of him. And I think this is a great point. And I, I saw uh, David at the uh, whenever me and Emily went to go see the movie, we went to the theaters and saw it when it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, David just so happened to be there as well. And so there's a lot of people very interested in this. And before this movie came out, I had never heard of Father uh, Payton. And this that was the first exposure I had to him. You know, Father Payton was a uh, he was absolutely driven and single-hearted, but I don't think he'd mind that he wasn't re- personally remembered. I tell you what, ask anybody in the world, finish this phrase, the family that prays together stays, stays together. together. Mm-hmm. They know that, and that's what he would want. And um, so I think very quietly his legacy exists. The other thing is, you know, he did. He so believed in this that during the Vatican, the Second Vatican Council in Rome, he was he flew to Rome and was invited to to be be an observer, uh, not an official observer, but was invited to be a consultant on things. And he lobbied really strongly to get the phrase the domestic church included in the the documents of Vatican II because he really be- believed that family was that kind of thing and so it is included in the 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 divine constitution of the church the the phrase um domestic church so his influence is all over the place um he was a humble enough man that I don't think he's too concerned that people don't know who he is. <laughs> well, he doesn't get to, he doesn't get what he wants. We he, we we're the ones that are going to make him a saint. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I uh, pointed out at the beginning of the show was my family and I we pray the rosary uh, every night together, and it's it's a longstanding tradition now that we and it, pa- Father Peyton was a part of that. The sort of guilting. Uh, you know, I had to experience Father Peyton years ago after my own conversion experience and the family that prays together stays together. So that was tugging on my heart when a good friend of mine uh, who uh, passed since passed away handed me a rosary on his deathbed and uh, challenged me to pray every day. And so that we, I have ever since. 
Um, but every once in a while, a couple times a week maybe, we play a YouTube video. We pray the rosary with a YouTube video rather than pray it uh, on our own. And Father Peyton is a favorite at the house. Uh, you know, it's black and white. It's the and then there's some old colored footage from from way back when, and, and you never see Jesus's face. It's always the back of Jesus. Well, Why did Father Peyton do that? The Vatican asked him to. Wow. Uh, when, oh. when we started doing Bible dramas in the early 1950s uh, and for film and television, he consulted with people at the Holy See, and at that time they were still not quite sure how what was the most respectful way to portray Jesus. And so that, that was a request that they made. Later they changed. So our, the later Bible dramas have the face of Jesus. But I think it's always kind of wanting to keep the mystery of having people have their own image of what the face of Jesus w- would be like. It is fascinating, even in a modern context, to see that, where you can never see the face of Jesus, but you see everybody else's face, and you see their reaction to Jesus, and it's still very, very profound and powerful. So, a uh, wonderful tool, even today. Um, so, the, the film came out in October uh, during a p- pandemic. Uh, how did that work for you, and where do you go from here? Uh, yeah, we released in theaters, and it was played in theaters across the country. We got a really wonderful response, lots of enthusiastic response and reviews from re- people who had seen the film. We're really grateful for that. And people re- who write us and tell us the film was the impetus for them to start praying or to begin. They've been praying, but they were going to start praying the rosary. Um so that that's the good news. It came out digitally. It's out digitally now um, on the major platforms. We have a parish screening program now that we hope parishes will take advantage of uh, to show this in groups and use it for an evening reflection or a day of retreat, um, because I think it's a film that can lends itself to discussion. In addition to the story of Father Peyton, as you know, it, uh, all, we also wanted to show how his message is lived out today. So we include the stories of about five families and their kind of contact with Father Peyton, some of it direct, some of it indirect. Nevertheless, all of these families have, to some degree, taken to, to taken to heart Father Peyton's message to pray together, and it shows what what happened in their lives. Uh, Father David Guffey is our guest. Emily, did, I think you had a question. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I mean, if you watch the film, he's just such an incredibly powerful figure. You can see his personality and his zeal just comes across so powerfully, like the kind of person you meet once in a lifetime. Um, where do you, what do you think was the source of this uh, strong conviction? Oh, he was a man deeply rooted in prayer. Um, he every minute that he wasn't doing something else, he was, he, he had always had a rosary in his hand and he, every minute he wasn't doing something else. He was praying. It's, I, I don't know that I've, I've seen someone so single hearted. I met him once. Um, and when you were in his presence, there was such gravitas, a gentle, a, a gentle kind of presence, but you knew that you were in the presence of someone holy, but, there was no distraction in this man's life. He was he was completely focused on this mission, which he believed to, had been entrusted to him by the Blessed Mother. And I believe for his canonization, he's a venerable now, uh, attempting to become a, a blessed. They do need a medical miracle. One is under review, but to our listener, um, if you are in need of a medical miracle, ask for his intercession, because that would be great. 
Yeah, and mm-hmm. we get we get stories from around the world of people that have asked her father, Father Peyton, for help and intercession and healing. And we have lots of stories that people share. Um, as I'm sure your listeners know, the Vatican is really really takes seriously before they'll declare something an official. So we have a couple of the have been reviewed on a diocesan level, and they're being reviewed at the Holy See now. What year did Father Peyton pass? 1992. 1992. And he's buried where right now? Right now he's buried in northeastern Massachusetts. It's the community cemetery for the Congregation of Holy Cross. It's also where the international headquarters of his organization, which is called Holy Cross Family Ministries, resides. Family Rosary and Holy Cross Family Ministries and Catholic Mom are all in Northeastern. Family Theater is still in Hollywood uh, on the other side of the country <laughs> in the place, you know, in the same spot on Sunset Boulevard that he was in uh, starting in about 1948. That's amazing. And if his cause does move forward, uh, please, uh, God, uh, let it be. Uh, what will happen? Will he remain there in Massachusetts or will he be moved someplace? What will, what will go down? We have uh, we have a great hope that we'll build a um, a new shrine, um, a new a chapel for his remains. His remains will be exhumed and will be put in a, a new tomb where people, the public can visit and venerate and and pray for intercession. Uh, so that's where we're cautiously optimistic. I always have to be careful. Um, obviously, the we need to go through the process, but all that's in the works. Uh, should the should God make that all happen. All right. Praise be to God. Father David Guffey's been our guest. Father Patrick Payton's been our conversation. Father, where's the best place to go to get the information on the movie? Best thing to do is the website, praythefilm.com. It's got information on how to see it, how to screen it, how to buy it. All that information's there. Praythefilm.com. Praythefilm.com. Father David Guffey, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for being on the program today. Thank you. God bless you. All right, that's going to do it for first hour. If you want to get in on the drawing for the uh, five free digital downloads, dear listener, all you need to do is join our email list. You can do that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt or text the letters grn to the number 42828. That's grn to the number 42828. We'll send an email with instructions later today. God love you. God bless you. The game show's coming up in the next hour. We hope you'll join us for that. Until then, may God richly bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God. 
because that's the same name the idolaters use for their god. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12 verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true queen of heaven. Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Anne is a real GRN listener, so to help tell her story, we hired Open Line Monday host, John Martinoni. I love listening to Catholic Radio on the GRN. Anne is a smart girl. And when I found out that GRN was raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250, I was like, where do I sign up? Getting even smarter. So, I went to grnonline.com and bought five tickets for $100. That's a stale. Celebrity voice impersonated. Drawing ends March 1st. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. We just finished a great conversation with Father David Guffey, Congregation of the Holy Cross, Family Theater Productions about Father Patrick Payton. If you're hanging out with us and where you can like leave a comment or let us know, did you are you aware of Father Patrick Payton? Have you ever heard about Father? If you've never heard about Father Patrick Payton, except for today on the show, boy, I would love to know that. That'd be super cool. I want to thank Patty, Trish, and Roxanne all for sharing our video, by the way, uh, over on Facebook side. God love you. Thank you for doing that. But uh, we're going to have a great hour this hour. We'll, of course, post the, the interview with Father Guffey later today on YouTube and Rumble and other places. So you can look for that. Um, plus, the, the digital free downloads are going to happen today. We're going to send an email list out uh, or join your email list. And then we'll send an email to that list later today with the instructions on how you might win one of five free copies of the movie, Pray, the Story of Patrick Payton. All you have to do is be on our Catholic Drive Time list to get that email. And you can do that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Now, also today, we're recording the first of the, uh, the, the review of the Sunday Gospel for Lent with the Bible, the Bible commentaries that we use on the program. So we're going to do that today as well, and we'll send that in the email. So there's a lot coming your way. If you're on the email list today, you can expect that. Again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT is the website. But we'll have the What's Concerning Us. We'll also have the... Uh, not What's Concerning Us. We will us. not that was have last What's hour. Concerning the Us. The game show. We, we will have the... 
<laughs> we'll have the Peter news segment, guys. Now I'm totally thrown. You got the news segment coming. You've got the saint of the day. You got the gospel of the day plus the game show. I was going to get there. You guys need patience, patience, right. young ones. We we went back in time to an hour. Uh, all right, so we all know Adrian's on the show today. Good morning to you, Adrian. <laughs> we all- yes, because if, if it wasn't, we wouldn't have a show, no show without Adrian. Uh, uh, Emily is here as well. Good morning to you, Emily. I am here. Good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, all right, so it's also Good News Thursday. So we're having the good news. We should do the good news at this every day. We should have just a segment of good news. I agree. I mean, I'm totally on board with that. I just have, we'll probably have to dig a little harder to find those <laughs> I have, stories. I have no idea what you're talking about. We I, do good news every day. I'd it's called what? the gospel of the day and say of the day. I will Amen. good news. Emily, I'll make you a deal. Okay. Okay. So we'll, this segment of the show okay. will just be good news every day, Monday through Friday. Okay. It's the seven o'clock hour headline news. Okay. Uh, if you can only find two, three stories, that's all you report. That sounds good. I'm down. All right, so you don't have to dig too hard, but you got to look for the good news. How about that? All right. I'm and then if you wanted to throw in a bad one, you could. I'd let you. But No, no, no. We'll keep those in the first yeah. hour. I tell you what, <laughs> If you're listening on the audience, maybe you let us know what you think. Would you like that? Would you like a good news segment on Catholic Drive Time every day? I think that'd be kind of fun to do. But let's begin with prayer. Uh, we're going to pray for your intentions, dear listener, of course. We're including your intentions with ours and uh, the team here. We're going to ask Our Lady to intercede on our behalf by whispering these intentions into the ear of her son, that we may be drawn ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The Department of Education has reversed its previous opposition to Connecticut's policy of allowing biological males to play girls' sports. In 2017, the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference began allowing student-athletes to participate in sports based on their gender identity. Three female track athletes filed a complaint with the Education Department Civil Rights Office and sued over the policy, alleging that it discriminated against them. In response, the agency last year sided with the girls that the state policy did violate Title IX but it has now withdrawn that stance under the new Biden administration, once again allowing biological males to compete against girls. In Connecticut, since 2017, two biological males identifying as transgender females have won 15 state championships in women's track events, and one of them broke 10 state records previously held by 10 different female athletes. On Tuesday, Javier Becerra, California's Attorney General and President Biden's nominee for HHS Secretary, was grilled on the topic of abortion at his first Senate confirmation hearing. While a congressman, Becerra voted against a partial birth abortion ban and also opposed a bill that criminalized the killing of an unborn child resulting from an assault on the mother. As Attorney General of California, he repeatedly defended the state's most radical pro-abortion laws while also prosecuting pro-life activists. He also continued Kamala Harris's prosecution of pro-life activist David Daleiden and defended the state's 2014 mandate which forced Catholic nuns, the missionary Guadalupanas of the Holy Spirit, to provide abortion coverage to employees. 
A priest in Brazil was removed after attempting to celebrate Mass with a Protestant minister. Father Jose Carlos Padrini, a member of the missionaries of St. Charles Borromeo, was removed as head pastor by his local bishop and his superior. A video of the Mass shows Francisco Leite, a minister of the United Presbyterian Church of Brazil, reading a section of the Eucharistic prayer and receiving communion on Ash Wednesday. The Catholic Code of Canon Law states that the minister who is able to confect the sacrament of the Eucharist in the person of Christ is a validly ordained priest alone, and that priests are forbidden to concelebrate the Eucharist with priests or ministers of churches or ecclesial communities which do not have full communion with the Catholic Church. And a recent video of a priest bursting into tears during Mass has gone viral on social media. In the video, the priest, whose name and parish remain unknown, expresses his sorrow over the irreverence shown for Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. In the video, the priest says, through tears, Christ is alive. He is among us, and it hurts a lot, not only when one does not receive communion, because it is a very great pain for Jesus, but when one receives and is unaware of who he receives. From this moment in our parish, it is only possible to receive communion in the mouth and on the knees. It cannot be otherwise. The Catholic Church teaches that the whole Christ is truly, really, and substantially contained in every particle of the Eucharist. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. St. Toribio Romo Gonzalez, pray for us. He was born on April 16, 1900 in Santa Ana de Guadalupe in Yalasco, Mexico. He was ordained at 21 years old, so young that he had to request a dispensation from the Vatican in order to be ordained. At his ordination, this is his prayer. Lord, do not leave me nor permit me a day of my life that it pass without my saying the Mass, without receiving your embrace in the communion. He was a parish priest in a couple of different locations, including Agua Caliente. He was known for his great devotion and love for the Holy Eucharist, but at the time, uh, this was the time of the Cristero War. This was the time where uh, Plutarco Calles and his administration was trying to make war against Catholics. And unfortunately, on the 25th of February, 1928, at 5 a.m. in the morning, he was shot by an intruder in his rectory in the back. And he is, uh, his relics are at Santa Ana de Guadalupe Church in Yalasco, canonized on the 21st of May, 2000, by Pope St. John Paul II. He is a martyr of the, of the Cristero movement in Mexico. St. Toribio Romo Gonzalez, pray for us. The gospel today comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 14, or rather 7 through 12. Jesus said to his disciples, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asked for a fish? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Just yesterday, we were reading in another part of the gospels uh, that an evil generation seeks a sign from Luke's gospel. 
And, uh, and here today, Jesus is asking, in, this, in Matthew 7, asking his disciples to ask. I think it's beautiful. I just Probably an unintended uh, connection there from one day to the next, but I thought it was awesome. Uh, Jesus is asking his disciples. Now, that's important because how often when we read Scripture do we pay attention to whom Jesus is actually speaking to? Like, who is this, uh, who is this audience that is the primary receiver of this message? I personally used to never ask that question when I read scripture. I just assumed it all pertained to me personally, primarily instead of secondarily. And yet, uh, I, I messed so much in the process of doing that. So, once I began to really study Scripture, uh, especially with the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, I really realized that I needed to look at Scripture in a different light and pay attention to the details. It matters that we are a fly on the wall, not the primary receiver of the message. And here Jesus is speaking to his disciples, these apostles, whose mission is to go out to the whole world and to proclaim the good news to bring about the conversion of sinners to the four corners of the earth, what should they be asking for? Ask, ask away, he says to his disciples, and you will receive. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For what purpose? To what end? Well, Jesus gives us a clue himself when in the upper room, the night before he was uh, uh, crucified for our, our sins, he told his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 15, that he would ask the Father and the counselor would be sent, the paraclete, the Holy Ghost. So, in asking the, for these things, I think this is the clue that these disciples should ask for the things that bring about their mission, that bring about faith, that bring about conversion. Uh, ask for the paraclete. Ask for the Holy Ghost. That's a powerful realization. Okay, so let's take it down to my life, your life, our own personal lives, because we're another layer of this uh, this biblical onion here, right? How do we ask? Do we ask for good things, or do we ask for the winning numbers to the Powerball? I mean, we should not be asking for things that are either A, evil in and of themselves, or even asking for good things but result in an evil end. We have an evil desire at the end of the, of the chain there. We should ask for the good things, faith, conversion, uh, reconciliation. We should ask for salvation. These are the good things. And I think we have an opportunity this holy season of Lent to, mon- to uh, meditate, to ponder, and to chew on these things. I like what St. Teresa, uh, uh, St. Teresa of Lisieux said. She said, I get whatever I want, speaking of the Father in heaven, because I want whatever I get. It's about aligning your will to God's will and seeing, uh, as St. Columbert would say, in trustful surrender to divine providence, that you accept everything as though it comes from the hand of God, good or bad in your life, that you resign to accept it all as though it's God's permissive will. It's a wonderful opportunity this Lent <clears throat> to not only ask God for something to shore up our faith, but to ask him for the really good things, the things that lead to salvation. Emily, Adrian? Yes, yeah, so uh, let me just give you a uh, brief summary, and maybe we can talk about it more uh, later today during the after show. But St. Augustine and St. Chrysostom uh, talk about how the idea of asking, of seeking, and knocking is very important, and how these three words, these three uh, are all referring 
to confidence in prayer, specifically that we must pray faithfully, diligently, ardently, and perseveringly. Now, they break this down in detail and explain why these things uh, symbolize of these, uh, the asking and seeking and knocking symbolize faithfully, diligently, ardently, and perseveringly. Uh, but I will, uh, maybe I'll be able to talk about that more later. Uh, but I think it's very important that we, we do seek, we do ask, we do uh, beg our Lord, we seek Him in prayer, and we're constantly asking our Lord in prayer for the things that which we need, uh, especially those things that are geared toward our salvation and the salvation of souls. Uh, so I think that was the, that's the thing to uh, emphasize and to focus on right now. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, we still have the after show coming. Pl- plenty of uh, organic conversation happens in the after show. Wherever you want to take that conversation, we, uh, we hang out with you on live video, Facebook, and uh, YouTube, and Twitter, and you comments. We'll read your comments. We'll interact with you there. I see... Uh, I see uh, Cynthia over on Facebook has a great comment about Father Patrick Payton, so we're very grateful you're hanging out with us. But don't go anywhere. The game show is coming up next. Three more chances to win this week's prize pack by Tan Publishing. $200 value. That chance is coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, our uh, Catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So you can't tell this to anyone 
All right, you can't, you can't, you can't share this, this part. We want to secretly teach a little bit about the faith and have a laugh in the process. But the cool thing is we also give out prizes. So it's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. And uh, here's the kicker. If you're just joining us and you're like, what in the world is all of this? Well, it's a Catholic trivia game show where we do not ask the contestant the questions. We don't. So the caller, the first caller is who we take, and we ask not them. We ask Emily. We ask Adrian. One of them will have a right answer. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize Tell pack. them what they could win, Emily. So this week's prize from our sponsor, Tan Books, that's tanbooks.com, is a four-volume set of of the Visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. Now, this uh, hardcover set, it's beautiful. It's worth $200. Um, one lucky winner is going to win it for free this week. Um, but it's also on sale for 40% off on Tanbook's website. All right. Praise be to God. I see the phone lines are lighting up, and God love you all for trying to uh, be a part of our game show. We really love that. Tomorrow morning, we'll have another opportunity. So if you don't make it on the show today... Call early tomorrow, and you can maybe get on the last three chances or tomorrow. We'll pull the winner tomorrow. But let's go to the phone lines here. Our first caller is Cynthia. Good morning to you, Cynthia. Good morning. How are you doing? Praise God, I am alive. How are you? Oh, I love hearing that. I'm doing good. Thank you, Bless. <laughs> it counts, right? It counts. It counts yes. every time. Sure now, where are you calling from, Cynthia? San Antonio, Texas. Hey, praise be to God. Fun fact, uh, this is a, a, a pop quiz. It does not count towards the prizes. But did you know that in the San Fernando Cathedral there in San Antonio, I think it's the oldest Catholic sanctuary in America, but it also contains a relic of the saint of today, Saint Toribio Romo Gonzalez. Did you know that? Yes, and he they have a statue of him practically in every Mexican restaurant in San Antonio. <laughs> not oh, well, praise be to God. I love it, yes. Yeah, praise be to God. That's awesome. Well, Cynthia, we're glad you're on the... Where do you go to church in San Antonio? St. Rose of Lima. St. Rose of Lima. Uh, Great place. All right, praise God. And if I'm not mistaken, you you love Father Patrick Payton, right? I sure do. I love Father Patrick Payton, and I have his uh, rosary prayer book. And I, I too have, like you, have, have done the rosary with him as well. It, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, praise I, be I to love, God. I love his, his miraculous healing through our Blessed Mother. Amen. Yes. I do too. Yeah. All right, it's yeah. time to play the game, Cynthia. Are you familiar with the rules? Yes, I, I am. I actually uh, 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 won one of your prizes, uh, the the book with the spider during Christmas. Oh, oh way, way back, back in the day. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, praise be to yeah. God. It's Raymond good to have you Royal. back. You, you did get the book, right? Yes, I did. I did. Yay. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. So then you, you are very familiar that you can't really trust Emily or Adrian here. You've got to keep a keen oh, eye out. Oh, I know. All right. Okay. Okay. Are you ready to go, Cynthia? I'm ready. Be easy on me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a 50-50 shot every time. Just listen carefully. Okay, so Emily, we'll start with you as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes. Here we go, Emily. Can you tell me when... Was the fall of Jerusalem. The fall of Jerusalem. Yeah, when was that? When did that take place? Okay, so this, I know it happened after the time of Christ. So, I'm going to go with 70 AD. I think I remember that from my 
hit theology history classes. All right. Could be. Could be. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me when was the fall of Jerusalem? I mean, it certainly happened after the death of our Lord. Uh, so it was sometime between 33 AD and 2020. Uh, is my guess. Is that is that a fair guess? No? See, no? One more time, what were the dates? In between 33 AD and 2020. 33 AD and 20. So yeah, s- somewhere between that. So you're... Okay. All of history. Okay, fine. I'll give us more specific Yeah, AD. I was going to... Maybe okay. we narrow that a bit? Uh, let's say... I think it's actually 80 AD. 80. Your answer is 80. Yes. 8-0. All Eight right, zero. so Adrian is on the hook for 80, and Emily is on the hook for 70... 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cynthia, what say um, you? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to just go ahead and go with Emily. Survey says. Yes. Good guess. Oh. Fantastic. Wow, guess. you must have really good <laughs> intuition. <laughs> See, 50-50 shot. You, you just you got to take that chance, and you never know. You're probably going to be right. Now, the cool thing is Josephus is the one we get most of the information from about the fall of Jerusalem. You can uh, read the Jewish Wars by Josephus, and you'll be fascinated to learn that there were incredible miracles that that uh, that were just before the fall of Jerusalem, and uh, angelic armies fighting in the sky with chariots and all kinds of incredible things happened during that moment. It's just worth a read, but it's a long read, so brace yourself. All right, so that's uh, question number one. Good job, Cynthia. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. Adrian, are you ready for question number two? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. That uh, that's that suggests some confidence. Let's just see how that works. <laughs> Not necessarily. Adrian, can you tell me who are obliged to observe the abstinence days of the church. Who are obliged to observe the abstinence days of the church? Um, that's a tough one. That I think that might be... I think... you Obviously, you have to be baptized. Uh, so all Christians that are, that are 14 years and above is, is my guess. Okay. All baptized persons 14 years... And older is your answer. That's my guess. Could be. It very well could be. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, could you tell me who is ob- obligated to observe the abstinence days of the church? Um, I'm going to go with everyone. I think it's just adults. So like 18 and over. All the baptized who are 18 and older. 18 and over. Yeah. All right. So Emily is on the hook for 18. And Adrian is on the hook for all baptized persons 14 years and over. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cynthia, what say you? Adrian. 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 Survey says. There we go. You knew that one. Emily tried to fool you, but you didn't didn't bite your smart woman, Cynthia. Very astute listener. Uh, By the way, I want to thank Carmen for sharing her video on Facebook site. God love you, Carmen. Thank you for doing that. All right. Question number three. Question number three. Are you ready, Cynthia? You already got two chances to win the prize pack this week. Awesome. You ready? You ready for your third? I'm ready. I'm trying. (laughs) This one could be tricky, so let's uh, let's just take it slow here. All right, Emily, back to you for question number three. Emily, can you tell me what famous Spanish Catholic soldier wrote Don Quixote? Uh, Can you repeat that? What famous Spanish Catholic soldier? Wrote Don Quixote. Spanish Catholic soldier. Uh, the only one I can think of is Hernán Cortés, so I'm, that's Ooh. what I'm going to go with. I like that, Hernán Cortés, but is it true? I don't know. Could be 
Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what famous Spanish Catholic soldier wrote Don Quixote? I don't think I can uh, I can pronounce things with that accent that Emily does. <laughs> um, but I think uh, the only the only writer I know that's uh, that was a Spanish soldier that was also Catholic uh, is Miguel de Cervantes. So ah. that is that is my guess. Okay, so Adrian is on the hook for Miguel de Cervantes, and Emily is on the hook for Hernan Cortez. Who's right? Who's wrong? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Cynthia, what say you? Okay, I, I, I don't know, but uh, I, I'm going to just go with Adrian. Survey says. Wow. Three for three. You are an incredible <laughs> you guesser. You are so good at this, Cynthia. <laughs> what? Like, if if you. Maybe wow. if, uh, like, the next time you're doing the Powerball numbers, you know, you could, like, <laughs> give me a phone call. Maybe we'll do them together over the phone. Because uh, your guessing capability is pretty amazing. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Praise God. Praise be to God. Well, Praise you know, uh, it was a tricky question, Hernan Cortez, because... Uh, we know the, of the uh, heroic deeds of Hernan Cortes because of a famous Catholic soldier, Bernal Diaz, in fact, journaled the entire uh, mission to, uh, to defeat Satan in, uh, in Mexico uh, at the time. So it was a kind of a tricky question, but you did not fall for it, Cynthia. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you both, guys. All right. Praise be to God. We're very glad you were on the show again today, and uh, we're going to put you on hold. And uh, God love you, and have a great day. Thank you. You guys make learning fun. <laughs> oh, thank you, Cynthia. Praise be to God. All right. So that's going to do it for the radio side of our show today. The Holy Mass will begin airing in just a couple of minutes. And, of course, we will stay on for the after show where we will conversate with you, our, our audience, and about anything that you want, plus whatever came up on the show today. All of that is on the table. But if you want to... Um, get in on the free downloads of the Father Patrick Payton movie. So we have five digital codes to to give to people. So the way we're going to do that is through our email list. And so later today, we will send an email to the Catholic Drive Time list with instructions on what you need to do to get in on the, the drawing. And the first five people who do that and respond will get a code in return to watch that film for free. So just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt, and you can scroll down and see the sign-up form there for our list. Or pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's text GRN to the number 42828. And don't forget, there's a car raffle still going on. Not for much longer, though. I think uh, the, the cutoff might be Monday. Uh, but if you want to win a brand new Mercedes, you can find the details on our website there, too, grnonline.com. But that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, Father Gerald Murray, uh, one of the uh, papal posse, will be our guest to talk about the German bishops. What are they thinking? What are they doing? That's tomorrow's show. But we hope you'll join us in the after show on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search for at GRN Online. Let us know you're there. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now. 
Welcome to the After Show, Catholic Drive Time, praise be to God. We survived it. God is very good. If you're joining us or hanging out with us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please comment. Let us know you're there. Let us know where you're, where you're from. We always enjoy our interactions with you, so praise God for that. Uh, if you are hanging out, if you come to us via like some other platform, um, let's see, Gab, Parlor. Gloria TV, LinkedIn, um, I don't know. You're posting on Instagram still, Emily? Uh, yes. <laughs> when Adrian gets the videos up on the, yeah. So if you're, if you're finding us through other platforms, I'd like to know. Uh, let us know that as well. Like, how, do you, how did you discover us? I guess that's what I want to know. I, I really appreciate uh, the people who share our, I can only see the shares on the Facebook side. I can't see them on the YouTube side, but I'm maybe Adrian can probably look in the back end and see the the shares on YouTube side. But um, I do see the shares on Facebook side. So Carmen and Patty and Trish and Roxanne, God love you. Thank you for for sharing the video. It means a lot to us. Chris, Chris, good morning to you. Uh, it's good to hang out with you, Mr. Thomas. It's good to see you. Thank you for hanging out this morning. Praise be to God. I see John uh, Delac now. Um, I don't know that I've seen John comment before. So this is this is a first comment from John. No, no. he's commented he's oh, a quite a few times. Yeah, oh, well, my my mistake, John. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're glad that you're hanging out with us. Uh, but it said, he said he never heard of Father Patrick Payton until this interview. Wow, how cool is that? That's awesome, John. Thanks for telling us that. God love you, uh, Angelo. I see Angelo there. Praise be to God. He says he, he really loved the interview with uh, with Father about Father. Praise God. Did you uh, already say hi to Christina on Facebook, Catholic Drive Time? Uh, no, you just did. Praise well, God. Christina, she said she's watching from Fort Worth. Great job, everyone. It's hey a now. beautiful day for a beautiful day. Yes, it is. Hey, now. Praise be to God. Christina, thank you for being uh, uh, on our show today by commenting. Uh, what else? Who else? Praise God for this I weather. see Valerie as well on our Facebook side. She made it. Valerie, you're going to have to go back and watch because we had an excellent interview today. It now, Valerie... Beautiful. Valerie's still living in a an apartment because uh, the storm really uh, mm. knocked her out of her house. So we're praying for your yes for your situation there, Valerie. Patty, of course, was on earlier. Pa- I think Patty tried to call in for the game show. Oh. I think so too. I thought I saw Patty's <laughs> name pop up uh, with the caller ID. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully she'll call back tomorrow. Yeah, got to call in early. I mean, uh, <laughs> the last couple of days the the calls have been on super early. Oh, oh yes. yeah, people are like on standby. <laughs> it was cool to talk to Cynthia again today. Yeah, that was fun. She's we if we ha- we should have like all star rankings yeah. of people who call in for the game show. <laughs> Cynthia would be up there. Yeah. M- MVP. Yeah, MVP. I see. Jesus has uh, got one comment there. I, I, not a lot of uh, activity from Jesus today. It says blessings. Great interview. Must be a busy, stressful day for Jesus. Let's pray uh, for yes. him. Uh, yeah. David Everest commenting you. today was pretty cool. Yes, I run into David all over the diocese. Like, just randomly, I'll just run into him. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What are you doing here? David is... Small uh, Catholic world. Super awesome. And I love the fact that you that he talked about Father Peyton, too, that you brought that in to that interview. It was great. Um, I see oh. Tony on Facebook.com uh, forward slash uh, the Waterloo Radio Network uh, said, Good morning, guys. Tony, I think this is your first time commenting. Is this your first time commenting, Tony? 
As if he's going to like respond to me right <laughs> like this right moment. Away. Like, Olga yeah. Aguilar. <laughs> John, John on YouTube says, my wife found you on GRN AM 1430 one morning on her drive to work and tune in via YouTube when I can. Ah, okay. Praise be to God, John. Thank you for that. And Ar- Armando. That's my dad. Yeah, great Hi, dad. <laughs> uh, Kathy, uh, praise be to God. It's good to see you, Kathy. It says, I used to listen to Morning Glory on iCatholic app. Then they were no more. Then Catholic Drive Time showed up. <laughs> love you all. Now I listen on YouTube. We love you too, we Kathy. Love- <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> praise be to God. Uh, I see Sonia on uh, on Facebook side. Good, good morning, Sonia. Praise be to God. It's good to see you here. Delia. Delia. I don't know if you're still listening to us, Delia. But it's good to see you commenting. Delia is a, as my old friend from, from Brooklyn. Now she lives in Florida. But she used to program uh, Catholic radio stations all throughout South America. Wow. And uh, she, she, she included this knucklehead from Texas who was podcasting in his bedroom closet. And uh, we had a great time doing it, too. Uh, Tony said yes. So it is his first time commenting. So to- thanks, Tony, for uh, commenting on the show. A new friend. Uh, Thomas on Facebook said, blessed day. Amen. Blessed day to yeah. you, too. Amen. Amen. Uh, Christina said, I usually watch from YouTube, but decided Facebook today, but I always listen. Praise so I think this is her first time commenting, uh, but uh, apparently she listens every day. So praise God for we that. We love he- hearing you, seeing you here. So welcome, everybody. Yeah. Praise be to, to God. To all our friends. So here's a question for our audience today. Uh, is there any uh, anything on the show today you had questions or comments on you wanted us to sort of bring up, bring up or, or chat about today? We'd We'd love to know what your yeah, thoughts are. There were some things in the headlines that maybe we can expand on, like maybe talk about ordination, why the concelebration mm. wasn't didn't work. Um, the, that sort the of crying thing. priest is right. Yeah, yeah. talk about one. reverence, the the real presence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, uh, I always said uh, whenever I did my podcast, Catholic conversations. At the end of it, I would always say, uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, soapboxes, negativities, <laughs> positivities, or anything in between, feel free to email me. Uh, but for that, instead, uh, comment down below, and so we'll get to your questions, comments concerns and the soapbox negativities positivities or anything in between <laughs> especially the positivities those are my favorite yes. yeah you know it's it's tough the qu- here's a good here's a good topic to bring up as john says i love the show you'll have great chemistry praise be to god from your lips to god's ears john um you know the negative news versus the positive news there is a reason why we have to carry and cover the news that you don't like to hear there's a reason why we cover stories that make you squirm a bit or that, uh, that make you feel uncomfortable and you kind of will wish you didn't have to. And that's because a lot, there's a lot – if you don't want to live 24-7 in the news cycle, then we're a good resource. You listen to the news, you get a sense of what's going on out there, sort of weeding out some of the other stuff, and then you move on, and you don't have to live in the 24-hour news cycle. That's kind of the reason, that's kind of like the main mission of, of uh, Morning Drive Time Radio. It always has been. Morning Drive Time Radio has a job, and that job is to help you understand what's going on before you get to the coffee pot at the office, or drop the kids off at school, and you talk to... You talk to so-and-so and so-and-so in the carpool line, that kind of thing. Morning Drive Time Radio is supposed to uh, you know, inform you of those things so you under- have an understanding. Now, our mission as Catholics is to understand those things through a Catholic perspective. Um, so it's not always easy. It's not always fun. And, but it's necessary. It is super necessary, which is why we do it to bring to light some of these stories that you probably either aren't hearing about or, or you didn't know much about or, or what have you. 
And sometimes it's going to upset. Sometimes it's going to be like, well, I don't agree with that. Well, okay, great. But at the end of the day, uh, these are important things. Like, uh, you know, it, I, I, can, I can appreciate there's probably going to be a lot of stories about the Biden administration you're just not going to love. But that's, it's, you know, it is neither here nor there. He, uh, President Joe Biden is a Catholic, and as a Catholic, is, he's primarily a Catholic. He's not primarily a president. And as Catholic, he understands church teaching on the non-negotiable issues, and he should inform his life of that, regardless of his job. He can't be privately one thing and personally another. That's schizophrenic. Uh, I, don't get to, I don't get to go home and be one way to uh, my family and come to work and be one way to another. I have to be who I am one, you know, in one uh, place at all or others. Boy, I confused that, muddled that pretty good. My point is I can't be two different people. I always have to be the one person that I actually am. And it's always, uh, it's always a difficulty to have to cover stories that we know is going to maybe push some buttons. But, that's, but it, it is what, it's our job. It's what we have to do is bring awareness. But yet at the same time, I think it would be great to have a little bit of balance and not get, do away with our, our typical new segments, but maybe uh, augment our new segments with a segment that is just good news. That would give us what, Emily? We'd have two standard news segments and then a third that would be just sort of good news if we did it that way? Yeah. Normally what I do is I write two segments and then we repeat one. So we do have three available. So, yeah. um, All right. So we're going to talk. We're going to try to come up with a – before we move on, we're going to try to come up with a – a new format. So we're thinking this is just came up on the show off the top of our heads. We haven't, I haven't. Maybe we can plan this out later, like off air. But um, I'm thinking maybe the first, that's that new segment in the 7 a.m. hour is going to be like a good news segment. That's maybe we'll, we'll talk about it more later. Or I'll just decide right here that this is how we're going to do things. But uh, either way, I I think that might be coming just because I think it'll be fun to do. Um, but I see some questions coming through on the YouTube side that are kind of confusing. I have to stop and read them carefully. Mayaka on uh, Twitter is back on and joining us on Twitter. So it's good to have someone hey, uh, listening on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, we have um, Thomas said about Father Michael McGivney becoming a canonization in regards to things that we should talk about. And Yvette says she likes uh, news with a Catholic perspective to be relevant. Uh, let's see. And then... Mr. Thomas, you said, uh, I heard angels had babies with women on earth and their children grew up to be giants. What? Uh, Goliath was one such giant. Did angels have relations with women on earth? Okay, so he's referring to Genesis uh, in regards to the uh, Nephilim. Uh, So this is a very disputed uh, Bible verse in Genesis. The church fathers, there's no real consensus among the church fathers of what this uh, it refers to it says the children of men uh, may, had relations with the uh, Nephilim, and the Nephilim are sometimes referred to as fallen angels, um, and so that's where we the people get the idea that angels are having relations with uh, yeah. man. Uh, for one thing, that's important to note is that if it was angels, it wouldn't be the the good angels it's definitely not the good angels it's the fallen angels uh but whether or not angels can even have relations with man is a disputed question in philosophy uh thomas aquinas seems to think that no they can't um though he does believe that there is uh some nuance there that makes it theoretically a possibility but that's a totally different question um 
Joe, do you have any, anything to say about the Nephilim? Yes, uh, this is a great point. I'm glad Mr. Thomas brought this up, and, and you make excellent points. Just from a philosophical standpoint, angels are pure spirit. They have no material capability, uh, or they have no material a- aspects to them. So there's that. But if you go, th- I went through when I studied uh, under Dr. John Bergsma's uh, semesters on Old Testament. Uh, you know, he really talked about this in great length. Um, if you really go back and look at what's going on from the fall, when, when Adam commits that sin, Adam and Eve, and, and they go through their proto-confession there in Genesis chapter 3, and then they go through their, uh, their penance, which is to be kicked out of the garden, and uh, of course, they also have to, he has to work and labor and all. You remember that section? Well, what happens immediately after? They, they have a, a new child, and then, of course, we read about Cain murdering his brother Abel. You might remember that from the book of Genesis. Well, this kicks off the two lines, the good line and the bad line. Abel was the good line, Cain is the bad line, and from the evil line of Cain in the seventh generation, you get the ultimate, uh, the perfection of evil. And when that happens, what is the moment? It's that the bad line infects the good line. Because Seth was born after the murder of Abel, and he became, he took over the good line. So once the evil line of, of Cain infects the, the good line of Seth, things are not good at all. This is the, this is sort of the main takeaway here. So this, this sort of cryptic passage more refers to the sons of Seth taking daughters from the sons of Cain, and then there's a corruption of the good line, which ultimately leads to the flood and Noah. So, I would encourage you to check out Dr. John Bergsma's study on the Old Testament, which I think if you Google that, you'll probably find it. You'll be able to buy it or download it. Dr. Hahn and many other scholars, Petrie and uh, Barbara, uh, Barbara rather, they've all uh, done studies on these, and I used to study with them all the time. So, I would I would encourage that. All right, what else? Uh, any new comments? I see Yvette hanging out with us. Praise be to God. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so let's talk about. We have a few minutes. We're going to end early today because we have uh, we have to record a. Um, we're going to do the Bible study. Not really a Bible study. Sort of a survey of commentaries is the best way to look at this of the Sunday Gospel readings. So last week we were down with a storm. So we were not able to do this last week. We intended to, but the storm threw everything off. So we are looking at the Sunday Gospels, and we're going to send, we're going to record this. It's probably maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes, that kind of thing. And we're going to look at the, uh, the Sunday Gospel from the commentaries that we use. I have a couple of commentaries. We also use Haydock and uh, Cornelius Elapide and, and whatever else. But we're going to look at the Sunday Gospels, review the, the commentaries on that to provide you greater context uh, for the, uh, your own personal Lenten journey and reflection. So we're going to record that today, and we'll email that in our email list. Uh, but with that will also be the information on how you might win a free digital download of the Father Peyton movie, which is pretty cool. Angelo, thanks for hanging out with us, man. It's always uh, good to see you on the chat box. God love you. Uh, so if you want to be on that email list, do you make sure you do sign up on our website at grnonline.com. Valerie said that she did CDT. do the text to the number to get on the list, uh, but I don't know if I, got, if I ever got an email. So that probably means it didn't work if you didn't. So the way it works is if you text G, the letters GRN to the number 42828, you should get a text prompt back that asks you for to enter your email. 
and then you enter your email in the text, and then it confirms that you that uh, that you did, and then you should get an email from us that says thanks for joining the list, and it also delivers to you the uh, the Father Bill Casey talk, which is still available. So that should have happened. If it did not, then one thing you could do is try it again. Another thing you could do is go to our website and try it there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And then a third thing you might try is looking in your spam folder to make sure that it didn't get caught up in spam and just make sure that uh, the Guadalupe Radio Network is um, on the spam, uh, spam free list, the, the, the good list. And then if that doesn't work, uh, contact Adrian, uh, and he will or give, somehow direct message us and uh, maybe give us your email address, and we can add you manually. That could be an option. All right. Um, praise be to God. What else? Father Ger- Gerald Murray tomorrow is going to be our guest. The Papal Posse. That's going to be a lot of fun, too. The bishops in Germany are out of their minds. And we're going to get some greater context of why, what's going on there. Monday, the Youth Apologetics is back. Now, we tried to interview the Youth Apologetics last week, but uh, the power went off. (laughs) Just as I was beginning the conversation, my power got cut off and the show was over at that point. So it was unfortunate because we were really looking forward to talking with them. So they've agreed to come back on. They're, They're young people doing Catholic apologetics. It's very inspiring. And that'll be our conversation tomorrow. Tuesday, I see Father Carlos Lim. Yes. Limongi? So I, I, How do I say that? I'm not sure, but I've booked a couple of really exciting guests for next week. So Father Carlos, you might have seen the photo of him going around. He was holding up a sign outside of a grocery store that said, if you can go to the grocery store, you can go to mass. And so we're going to have him on to talk about um, why he felt the need to do that and what, what sort of his perspective is. And then Kim Zember on Thursday next week. Um, so Kim is a woman who experiences same-sex attraction. And so she's going to talk about the church's ministry to those with same-sex attraction and sort of um, their issues of identity and their place in the church. Wow. That's going to be great. Uh, we're still working on getting uh, Matt Walsh on for next week as well, and we'll see what else comes our way. I'm really hoping, I'd really love to get Tim Ballard on. He rescues children from, from uh, this, the human trafficking, the slave trade. And boy, would I love to raise awareness for that. So I'm working on that. I haven't been successful just yet, uh, but I hope to get him on the program. Him or maybe even Jim Caviezel. I tried to get Eduardo Verastegui on last last year, but uh, he agreed to come on and then you know then backed out and nothing ever worked out. So I wanted to get him on because I think he's also part of that project. So I'm hoping at some point we'll get people that are really uh, subject matter experts on the human trafficking thing because we really need to raise more awareness there. That's going to do it for uh, Catholic Drive Time for today. We're going to end the program so that we can uh, jump on to creating the, uh, the the review of the commentaries on the Sunday Gospels for you. We'll be emailing that through our email list, the Catholic Drive Time email list. One more time, you can find all of that at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Monica Cortez says, thank you for introducing me to Father Peyton. How cool is that? We'll be watching the movie tonight. God bless you for the show. Well, Monica, God bless you too. God bless all of you for hanging out with us. And do us a favor, share share the videos with your friends and your family. Help us to grow the Catholic Drive Time team. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you next time and tomorrow with Father Gerald Murphy. 
canon lawyer and member of the papal posse. We're going to talk about the German bishops. So do us a favor, set a reminder and a, a, like an alarm to get up early and be a part of our program. Until then, God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.